0: Blurred Up, Blurred Up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. You can find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. We are on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. We are on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D U. And we're also on Blurred.com. Check us out. Full of great nerdy content from a black cultural lens. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify anyway. I am your recovering host, Brendan. <laughs> And I'm joined by Mel.
1: Please don't vomit on the mic tonight, Brendan, please.
0: Yeah. Sorry, folks. I, uh, for those who don't know, I was really excited to record on Tuesday and then I got food poisoning. Yeah. You could say that. No, I'm definitely saying (laughs) that.
1: I know. Yeah. You're definitely saying that. You had like a chest burster going on, something. You sounded awful. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah.
0: But now we're here. I'm about 100% almost. Sweet. Let's get it cracking. Welcome back to the the end of the living. Yeah. We're here to discuss Dr. Sleep, the sequel to The Shining. We're going to go into a non-spoiler review, then we're going to spoil it, and then we're going to talk about the last two episodes of Watchmen that we didn't Mm -hmm. talk about last time. Let's get started. Okay. So again, Dr. Sleep. Yeah. sequel to The Shining, which turns 40 next year.
1: Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. That's deep. Yeah. Interesting.
0: This is based off the Stephen King novel of the same name. I have not read either The Shining or Dr. Sleep. However, I have read the wiki synopsis of both oh of them. Gosh. So now I'm an expert.
1: <laughs> okay. I have actually read them both. So, of course yeah. you have. Mm-hmm.
0: Always my my R2 to my yeah, Thupio yeah. T- my, my here. <laughs> yeah, totally. Here. <laughs> of course. Um, so Stephen King isn't a big fan of the original Shining movie,
1: Most people who really loved the book and read it first aren't big fans of The Shining movie. Interesting. Yeah. They're very different. The tone and themes are very different.
0: Do you not like the movie too?
1: I, As far as The Shining goes, um, it's a movie I can appreciate, but I appreciate it much better when I really completely divorce it from the book because they're really not the same thing at all. They really don't say the same thing. They just happen to be stories, similar stories told with the same characters. Um, I liked the book much more. And I can appreciate The Shining, but I'm not, ooh, I might get flames for this, but I'm not necessarily hugely into Kubrick. I recognize who he was and what he did for the art form, but I don't really care. I mean, none of his movies are movies I want to watch over and over again. They're all movies that I just want to watch once and like, okay, I saw it. Great. We're done. Um, So, I mean, I I can't say I like the movie. I appreciate it. But But I like the book a lot more.
0: There are films like that, right, that you can appreciate. Mm-hmm. That was a good movie, but I'll never mm-hmm. want to watch it again.
1: Yeah, and I don't even necessarily say, oh, that was a good movie. I just say, okay, that did what it needed to do for the art form at the time. Got it. And then other people can gather inspiration for it. Some people really love it. I just don't. There's a lot of things like that.
0: A lot of movies are really long, right? So it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to rewatch them anyway. True. There's a great uh, Honest trailer just came out for The mm-hmm. Shining, and they talked about how in The Shining a lot of the the film is just – the cast wandering around.
1: <laughs> it really is. Like you had no kidding. Because the thing is, it, yeah, so in the book there's a lot of that too, but uh-huh. you you know, you're privy to their internal monologues, right. you can listen to them thinking, you're getting flashbacks of their whole life and right. their character. In the movie, it is just I'm lost in the hotel. Where is my family? <laughs> like right. it really is just a, it is a lot of wandering around.
0: Well, to get to Stephen King's criticism. Right. He cited that he was frustrated that Jack Nicholson's character, Jack has no real character arc. Apparently, you know, he was a little crazy in the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. and then he just he just gets crazier, and you don't have any sympathy for him.
1: Right. If you're familiar with Jack from the book, Jack Nicholson really does take it to 100 way too quick. Like, he really ratchets up the crazy way too fast. Like, he seems crazy from the beginning, mm-hmm. whereas you don't— The Jack in the book is a much more sympathetic character. Yes. You really do feel bad at the end when exactly. he dies. Is that a spoiler? It's 40 years old. Of course, it's not a spoiler. No, it's fine. Anyway.
0: <laughs> he also feels that Stacey Duvall's character, essentially, is just a scream machine. There was no real emotional investment. She really had no um, emotional dynamic in the family.
1: Mm, in yeah, the I see that as well. Yeah, because again, her character in the book, she was a really smart woman, mm-hmm. and she was really devoted to her family, and she was there was a lot going on. Yeah, the thing about The Shining, the book, is that all three of those characters, the in in the family, they all had really well-developed internal lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dick Halloran, who's the guy who's like the caretaker, not, he's a chef, isn't he, in the in the book? Right. Um, but he's kind of who, who's sort of Danny's Obi-Wan in The Shining. Right. He also had a really well-developed character to the point where he's in other books, actually. He's in It.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to talk about that, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once I read about that, I looked back and I thought, yeah, I don't care about any of these people in this movie. Mm. I just liked the crazy imagery
1: yeah it's very much about the imagery and sort of the weird things going on which I mean I guess again I appreciate it visually Mm. and I'm from Colorado by the way so I know where that that hotel that they use for the overlook is actually a really famous hotel in Estes Park Mm -hmm. I've been there many times it's actually really creepy to go in there if you've seen the movie because it looks a lot the same Mm -hmm. um so, you know, visually it really is something. But just thematically and the heart and the – you just you really feel for all those people in that book. I read it the first time when I was snowed in in a little town in Colorado. Do not recommend. That's right. some scary, scary stuff. You don't want to read that book when you yourself are also snowed in and have cabin fever. Um, But, yeah, you know, there's just a sense of character that you don't get in the movie. Sure.
0: Well, let's go on to Dr. Sleep because mm-hmm. – I don't know about you, but mm. given how cynical the movie industry has become with reboots, um, lazily written sequels, Terminator, <coughs> Last Jedi, <coughs> and spinoff cash grabs, I think a lot of people looked at this movie skeptically. Like I certainly did. I
1: definitely did. I looked at the book skeptically, too.
0: Yeah, the, the trailer mm-hmm. didn't necessarily put me off, but it didn't excite me either. Mm-hmm. So this movie was directed and written by Mike Flanagan. An up-and-coming director who you may know from doing *The Haunting of Hill House*, which is on Netflix. Right. He did a movie called *Hush*, and he did *Gerald's Game*. That was also a Stephen King.
1: Which was actually movie. really good. I Haven't seen it. It, it. That's a really good book and a really good movie. I liked it. Great. I'll, yeah, I'll check that out. Check it out. It's super different to anything else in the genre. That's all I'll tell you.
0: So no, no clowns, no, no, uh, no, no, no animals coming back from the grave.
1: Mm. Well, okay, look, I'm not going to spoil it for you. What makes it different is the protagonist and the situation that she's in. Okay. There's still a lot of, like, scary, typical scary movie stuff in it, but it's just a really different setup. Cool. Yeah.
0: Cool, cool. But anyway, it turns out that Stephen King actually really likes his new film. Mm -hmm. He says they fixed everything bad about the original, or redeemed everything bad about the original. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's great and all, but the most important question is, how do we feel about it?
1: <laughs> yeah we are the most important cr-
0: cultural critics of course. going today <laughs> up and coming critics.
1: <laughs> I can't believe I tried to say that with a straight face. Moving on,
0: <laughs> yeah. So let me go over a brief synopsis because I've asked several people if they've seen it or not, and I learned a lot of people don't even know what this is mm. or didn't even know it was coming out. and we'll yeah. talk about that later on too. but yeah, so Dr. Sleep mm-hmm. takes place how many years after the shining?
1: Uh, ooh, I don't remember. Um,
0: At least 30. Yeah, about it's, 30, it's been a
1: while. 30 years. 30
0: plus yeah, years. Yeah, 25
1: to 30 years, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And our boy Danny is on some hard times. I, yeah. I don't want to spoil it too much. Because, yeah, yeah, we'll get there yeah. when we get to the spoilers. But on, yeah. On some hard times. Mm-hmm. And he tries to get his life together. Mm-hmm. And he soon discovers uh, a young black girl who has powers greater than him. Obi-Wan finds another yes, Anakin. Yes,
1: he does. Mm-hmm.
0: But they also discover that there is a cult of shiners that are pretty much like vampires.
1: It's interesting you put it that way, a cult of shiners. I guess I'd never really metabolized it quite that way, but yeah, they are. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: They pretty much travel the country, tracking down people who shine mm-hmm. and devour their essence in a in a sense. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, too. And so the book is about them fighting them.
1: Right. And it's also about Danny stepping into a mentor role yes. Uh, instead of being the mentee. Right. So he's come into his own in The Shining and he now mentors a new person right. who's even
0: more powerful than he is. Has, has more mid
1: Yes, many more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes.
0: <laughs> so off the bat, I think this is a really well-directed film. There are numerous shots that are reminiscent of Kubrick, like those, those wide overhead shots mm-hmm. from the first film. However, the movie, I think, definitely has an identity of its own. There are some gorgeous shots, but it's not just about being pretty. There are scenes that are shot to invoke real dread, urgency, fear, Mm. and pain. Very much so. One scene in particular is one of the most brutal scenes I've seen in horror this year. Mm. In a few years, probably. Mm. This movie is also about two and a half hours.
1: It's long, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I was it never It really bored. goes through, yeah.
0: Yeah, I found the pacing to be really good. In fact, I wouldn't mind taking some friends to go see it again.
1: Really? You really liked it that much? I would. Interesting.
0: I would. Spoiler, I, I like this movie.
1: Is that a spoiler? <laughs> was that? Is there somebody in the movie, like at some point Danny stops, looks at the, at the screen and says, "Dude, Brendan likes this movie.
0: How about you? How do you feel about the
1: I... direction? Okay, real talk. I hated the book of Dr. Sleep okay. I didn't think The Shining needed a sequel I hated the book I hated it so much that I forgot what happened in it <laughs> right? like you know how bad you have to hate something to forget it like on purpose to like yeah. throw it out of your mind it made me angry and watching this film made me realize why it made me so upset with it and it made me want to read the book again I really liked the film I was surprised by how much I liked it like I really was into it like I was really into it to the point where, like I said, I started to remember things from the book as I was watching it. And I want to read the book again to fill in the gaps that the movie had because it's a movie and not a whole whole book.
0: But right. Yeah. From what I understand, they, mm-hmm. they marry... The book. They the do. Film.
1: It's supposed to be a sequel to both the book, The Shining, and the film, The Shining. Right. So they have to kind of split the difference between mm-hmm. some things that were changed for the film of the original Shining, mm-hmm. the original Shining film. And they do a really good job with that, I think, actually, I because it's still a really faithful, spiritual successor to both, I think, to the Absolutely. visuals and to the heart.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go on to the characters. Mm-hmm. I actually care about these people which gives it a leg up over the first shining film so
1: much that was what got me like i was really feeling for these folk yeah Mm -hmm.
0: the trailer was probably smart not to show where danny torrance is in his life when we first meet him very smart yeah we won't say it in the spoiler free review but he's given a great arc as you said that which
1: is part of why i hated the book but we'll get there
0: yeah it, it honors the first film and then it pushes him in new compelling directions very much so yeah Kylie Curran, is that how to pronounce her name? I don't know. She's a relatively unknown child actress who plays Mm -hmm. Abra, the the black Anakin. And she's really good. She kills it, yeah. She
1: really does. Like, you really believe her. uh, Spoiler alert? Not spoiler alert. Trivia alert. I don't know what this is. Fun fact. There we go. Fun fact. She's not black in the book. Oh. Yeah. She's described as a blonde, blue-eyed child in the book. So when I saw the trailer, like I said, I, I hated the book. I forgot the book. So when I saw the trailer, I immediately, like, looked in a copy of the book. Like, I'm sure she wasn't black. I would have remembered that. And she's not. She's not black in the book. They race-lifted her for the film, which I quite appreciated, actually.
0: So they lost-world they lost
1: her. They totally did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they lost-worlded her. She wasn't a gymnast, but they did.
0: For those who don't know, in the book, The Lost World, mm-hmm. Ian Malcolm had a black girlfriend mm-hmm. in, the, in the book, but they mm-hmm. made Julianne Moore his girlfriend mm-hmm. in the movie, but he gave her, him an adopted black, black daughter. daughter for some reason yeah. just to kick raptors out of, out of, out of the window.
1: Right. Yeah. That was, that was, was only her role. Yeah. I mean, to you know, black girls like dinosaurs too, I guess. I don't, I don't know, mean, but yeah. But anyway,
0: That's cool. they race that. lifted yeah. her, but yes. I think
1: in a better way than they did in the lost world. <laughs> so yeah, I was really surprised. <laughs> and then her family seemed very authentic. She's, biracial, actually, in the film. Her mom is white, her dad is black. But her dad is very much kind of a, a, you know, black historian kind of black guy. He's like writing a book and things like that. And I mean, I just the way that they set her up, she just seems really authentic. She doesn't seem tokenized it all and i really no, like right. that. She's mm-hmm.
0: she's the macguffin, but she's a fully realized character.
1: Exactly. Which is hard to do and they did a good job of making that work.
0: Yeah. She's she's innocent, she's friendly, caring, smart, and powerful. And mm-hmm. when it's time for her to get into the horror, you really feel her fear.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, she witnesses some traumatizing shit. She does. I thought her chemistry with Eamon McGregor was great.
1: Yeah, because it would would have been really easy for that to come across creepy. And they did a very good job of staying off that line.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she actually had real influence on the story and the other characters. You know, sometimes you watch movies in succession and we see these parallels. We talked about Ad Astra and the Joker and how they were similar but different. Mm -hmm. And now you got Terminator Dark Fate. Would had a MacGuffin. Um, oh yeah. What's, what's her face? I forgot her name already. Yeah, exactly. Danny, Danny. Her
1: name is Danny too. Yeah, that's weird. Danny in the. Yeah, in Terminator. Danny. Yeah. yeah. Uh Danny Ramirez.
0: And I for, mm-hmm. you know I feel bad. I didn't even say the actor's name in the review. I feel bad. I still don't know it. I'm sorry. Dear. But yeah, the movie told us why she was important mm-hmm. instead of showing it. Right. And then it tried to crowbar in the scene from the future to mm-hmm. make her appear important. It was just poorly done. Very poorly done. She was upstaged by her protectors. Mm. None of that in Doctor Sleep.
1: Yeah. She's she's definitely the reason for the story to exist. Yeah. But she has her own reasons independent of that. And you'd see that very clearly with her.
0: And then even as an actress, mm-hmm. she holds her own against everyone.
1: She does. I mean, it's not easy to be. How old is she? 12 or something? 13. 13. She's 13, 13 and she holds her own with people like Ewan McGregor. Rebecca
0: Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson.
1: Ferguson, like big deal actors, yeah. uh, and she holds her own with them. Like it's completely natural for her. She does
0: a good job. There's one scene in particular where she gives uh, the villain Rose the Hat a look only a black woman could give, and I was just <laughs> like, "Ooh, do yeah. it, do it!" Right? Yeah, a couple times. She yeah. really
1: does. I mean, she's just she's not tokenized, but she's authentic. I Absolutely. really appreciated that, yeah. and I was. Pleasantly surprised. I just finished reading Stephen King's book Sleeping Beauties, mm-hmm. which is dedicated to Sandra Bland, which is why I mean Stephen King will always be he's done some really racially problematic things in his writing before, but mm-hmm. he will always be my creepy white literary uncle because there's a part of him that I think does get it. He explores it in ways that are not always appreciative or uh, appreciable that are not that I am not always what is wrong with my English today? My gosh.
0: If you can't do it, who can?
1: I, I really can't. Help me out. Okay. So he does it. Sometimes he talks about race and he deals with characters who are not white in ways that I really cannot appreciate, that mm-hmm. are really problematic. But he tries hard and sometimes he really does get it. So to see Abra be a black girl in this and to have Stephen King come out and not comment on that, but say he loves the movie, mm. growth.
0: Yeah. For me though, I think the most compelling character on screen mm-hmm. was Rose the Hat.
1: Yes, but she is that in the book too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um Rebecca Ferguson. Mm-hmm. She was ooh, she was seductive, charismatic, and terrifying. Yeah. yeah. It was like every time she was on, I couldn't wait to see what she was gonna do next. She was she's like that that always cool white hippie woman at the party, like, yeah, man. Exactly. Free love, man. Mm-hmm. But right. she's this and then homicidal she votes for Trump. Which, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> she's a 53%.
1: Yeah, she's totally the 53%. She's the true knot and the 53%.
0: Yeah, she's, she's homicidal with these terrifying mm. powers. I mean, it's just... What do you think about her?
1: I thought she played the role well. Yeah. But yeah, she she is exactly what she said. She's like that cool woman at the party who you know just has some ratchet secrets in her closet. And she plays the, to the hilt. Um, she's scary when she needs to be scary. She's seductive when she needs to be seductive. And the thing that stood out to me, again, I'm remembering more of the book now that I've seen the film, is that in the book, so Rose the Hat is the head of this group called The True Knot. This right. is this group of shiners who go around stealing everybody else's shine. Interesting mm-hmm. metaphor there. But, um... In the book, you have a hard time feeling like the True Knot are completely evil. They really exist in a really interesting sort of gray moral area for much of the book because they really genuinely care about each other. Right. And they really have good relationships with each other. And Rose the Hat is very much a mother figure to these people, Mm -hmm. even though they are child-killing baby eaters. right? So she does a really good job of portraying that, even though they don't get into the depth of the relationships and the community feel of the True Knot in the movie. They don't Mm. have time. But she does a good job of, of doing that.
0: I was gonna mention that, yeah. There far too many movies kinda of lazily write villains, mm-hmm. especially a group of them, yeah. you know. But given all the ground that need to be covered, mm-hmm. I think they you don't know too deeply about who they are, but they're still all realized characters mm-hmm. in the movie. But as you said, they do care about each other, but it doesn't make them sympathetic.
1: Mm-hmm. It just makes them more complete characters. Yeah. They're still villains, but you know, even the villain has a family. Right, and you see that very clearly in this. Right,
0: special shout out to was it Zan McClarnon who is Crow Daddy? Her, Z- her second Zane McClarnon, yeah, Zane. he's from Colorado.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. shout out, sort of for you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know, I don't really. I only know that because of IMDb, but still, okay. <laughs> it's not like he just shows up every year in a parade. Like I'm right. the only actor from Colorado. No,
0: um, I liked how they visualized their goal, which was the steam. I I said it in other reviews, but, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the It movies because they never properly illustrated or demonstrated why Pennywise ate some kids quickly and then teased others for so long. This movie, in contrast, clearly shows what comes out of their victims Mm -hmm. and what they need to do to get it out. Like, they don't bullshit about it. Like, when Pennywise comes out to attack the main characters, you can check the clock and know, oh, you know, nothing's about to happen here. But in this movie, when the true knot sets their sights on you, that's your ass. <laughs> yeah. Or at the very least you don't know what's going to like how it's going to play out.
1: Right. Yeah. They're they're very scary. They're very intimidating. They're yeah. very goal focused. But ooh, when we get to spoilers, I got to say something about that. Mm. But yeah, like okay. They're, they're mm-hmm. vicious
0: and they're pretty well organized.
1: Very. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They you get the sense that they are as old and as powerful and as clever and ruthless as they have to be to be who they claim they are. So right. yeah. Again, they do a good job of showing who these people are in this film.
0: Yeah. I just mm-hmm. you're looking at it, which is going to make more money easily. Yeah. It's like, man, they really didn't they really didn't show why Pennywise was always just fucking around. Right. Of course, he said it, but they never mm-hmm. showed it. You know, right. maybe if they showed fear or maybe maybe they they put us in Pennywise's eyes for a second, you know, mm-hmm. through his POV to see how their fear looked like to him. Like right, maybe yeah. Georgie got eaten quick. Mm-hmm. Maybe he looked different mm-hmm. to Pennywise compared to the kids at the end of the movie. You know, it's yeah, like that. Something,
1: like yeah. Some, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I think there were other problems in it, not just not showing. It oh, was just a, it
0: was just a lazily written movie. Of course, of course. But you're right.
1: It'll make more money because it had a bigger cast.
0: And there's something else I want, I want to bring about that too, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that. Okay. Later. All right. I want to give a special shout out to Cliff Curtis. Who plays I love Billy. him. Yeah, he's oh, I love yeah. him,
1: and he's one of those actors. Like, um, uh, he's who's the actor who plays Felix in the new Bond movies? Uh, he's he's a black American, but he plays literally every ethnicity on earth. So does Cliff Curtis. I love the two of them. They are just racial chameleons for the win. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I was really happy to see him in this film. Like, oh, it's Uncle Billy, but I wasn't happy to see him for that reason. Have you seen Once Were Warriors? No. Yeah, don't see that movie. It will ruin what you think of Cliff Curtis.
0: You sure him being Fire Lord Ozai and the last airbender won't ruin mine? Don't talk
1: about the war. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome. That there is no movie in Ba Sing Se.
0: Okay. As far as characters go, I think the person who got the shortest end of the stick was Abra's mother.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. She, Yeah, she was just kind of there. I feel like there was maybe a deleted scene with her that would have fleshed her out more. It feels, like, it feels else, that way, doesn't it? They're, they're, even if the role was brief, they had a really good establishing character moment. Like yeah. her dad is writing the book. Right. And of course, Abra's main character, has got lots of stuff. But her mother didn't have that. Yeah. Even the members of the True Knot who didn't really have major speaking roles still had really good character establish- sure. establishing moments. And she didn't, you're right.
0: Yeah. I want to get to maybe some... Slight nitpicks, negatives. Yeah. So the ending is different from the book. Mm-hmm. And even for people who have never read it, it could polarize some people in regards to kind of the winking and nudging of nostalgia. Like, hey, you guys remember this? You remember this? Hey, hey, you remember this? How, how do you feel about that?
1: I I see what you... I agree with you. I think it could was a little too much at times. Like, oh, look, here we are again. But at the same time, I can see why they did that. Yeah, It was the only way to really make a good sequel to the book and the movie right so i got it and because i didn't love the movie but i and i didn't love the book but i might love it again now. it might love it now when i read it again um to me i just wanted it to be something different and it was and that was okay that's true yeah and to be honest i don't think the ending of the first shining book or the ending of the first shining movie were particularly good and one of the things that stephen king also said was that he feels like this fixed the endings of everything, Mm. which is what he tried to do with IT and failed horribly. Mm. What they tried to do, he didn't try, but what the IT writers tried to do, and they failed horribly at fixing the ending. But they've done it with The Shining and Dr. Sleep, so that was well done.
0: Also, instead of de-aging the original Shining actors with CG, Mm -hmm. they they did what people did in the old days, and just hire younger looking actors. And I think it largely works with the mother so and Danny. Like, oh my God, Danny. Like, yeah. I, I, As yeah. I, 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 Stacey Duvall, Doppelganger, was, yeah, was really on point, on, yeah. spot mm-hmm. on. But there was a scene.
1: Don't spoil it.
0: Yeah. There was another person who popped up.
1: Yeah, and that didn't work at all.
0: But I think because of a certain actor's. You know what?
1: Yeah, we can't really talk about this right now, can we? Okay, no. but okay. look, yeah, it doesn't always work. It works some of the time, but not all of the doppelgangers from the past work well.
0: I would say about ninety percent, ninety-five percent, maybe worked for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say ninety percent worked really well. Mm-hmm. That other five worked pretty well, mm-hmm. and then the other part was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. But overall, I, I'll, you know, to get this, just to give my closing um, remarks. This is a high recommendation for me.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised. I Because like I said, I hated the book and I went into the movie expecting to hate it too because I couldn't even remember why I hated the book. And mm. then I went and saw the movie and I remembered the book and was like, oh, I get why I had such a strong response to the book now. Yeah. Maybe I don't hate it. Maybe I was just in my feelings. Okay, this is actually not bad. So
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Doctor Sleep movie is better than The Shining film?
1: Yes. Mm. definitely because it has a heart. Whereas I don't think the shining film had much of a heart. I agree. You don't care about the people. It's visually beautiful. It's scary, but so what they died. Who cares? I mean, Scatman Carruthers almost died, but, and I was sad about that. But beyond
0: that, this kind of feels like to me, the, the Terminator to the T2 or like alien to aliens, Mm -hmm. where they really expanded on what made the first good. Yeah. And And this made it even more interesting and more engaging that better pacing.
1: They did. And they did that in the book, too, I think, as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, there's a lot of differences between the ending of the book and the ending of the film, simply because there's a lot of differences created by the difference in ending of The Shining movie and film. But that said, I think it was well done. Yeah. And I think they fixed a lot of the problems because there's not a real true sense of closure at the end of the book of Dr. Sleep. And there's a lot of things that happen in the book of The Shining that don't happen in the film of The Shining mm-hmm. that are used in the book of Dr. Sleep that they had to gloss over because they couldn't use them.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Unfortunately, the world does not share our enthusiasm yeah. because this movie is was budgeted about forty five to fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. The domestic weekend box office was only fifteen. Oh, that's awful. Million. That's yeah. way
1: worse than I thought. Gosh.
0: At the time of this recording, it has grossed about thirty six million worldwide. Hmm. And from Screen Junkies, I was listening to their show today, it's projected to lose about $20 million.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow, that's a shame, because it's easily the best Stephen King big screen adaptation in a long time. Mm, I totally
0: agree. Yeah, uh, before this movie released, there was buzz of another movie in the works called Holoran.
1: Interesting.
0: Possibly, probably a sequel. So as you told me or earlier... a prequel, I guess. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. prequel. You said in the in the id novel, he was stationed at the same base as Mike Hanlon's father. Mm-hmm. So they could kind of tie that universe together a little bit. Yeah,
1: I would really like... Actually, I'd really like to see that story because he was always a really intriguing character. In this movie, shout out to that actor. I don't know who he is. Carl Lumbly? Yeah, he had such a charming presence yeah. on screen. Every time I saw him, I just wanted to cry. He just had such a way about him, such yeah. a fatherly... Wise way, but again, not in a tokeny way. He was still very much his own person. He wasn't a magical Negro. He was, um, he was just very. I, every time I saw him, I was just like, oh, Halloran. Like I just really had the feels. He really had a just a really good way of projecting who he
0: was. Halloran sound like like a, like a Star Wars name. Halloran.
1: <laughs> as long as we don't give him a purple lightsaber, we're cool. <laughs> okay.
0: Sorry, I'm trying to. I feel like I've him some, some somewhere. Who is this? This actor. I feel like oh. he he voiced someone. Yeah. Who did he? Voice? I'm tripping. <clears throat> so who is he? for those who mm-hmm. don't know, Carl Lumley voiced the Martian Manhunter on Justice League.
1: Oh, that's what I was gosh. thinking about. I was like, yeah, he, he did that. Person. Okay, yeah. that would make sense actually. That's why he seemed so familiar. But I was yeah. sure I'd never seen him before.
0: He has. Hey, that, he, he has pl- a great voice. He does.
1: He could play the Martian Manhunter <laughs> on screen if he wanted to. Honestly, gosh.
0: Hey, he's he's in the new Supergirl show. Is that him? Yeah.
1: Oh, jeez. I had no idea. I'm way behind on DC TV stuff.
0: the Martian Manhunter's father.
1: Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm way behind on DC TV. I'm still like halfway through season four of The Flash or something. I, I
0: watched know. the pilot of The Flash and I never went back.
1: It's good. It's just there's so much of it. Yeah. I have a job, man. Right. Y'all, share this. Put, spread it out into the world so we can stop having jobs and do this all the time. Then I'll talk to you about Martian Manhunter yeah. on TV. Anyway. <laughs>
0: So, before we get into the quick spoilers, I do want to briefly talk about why this movie perhaps did poorly. Mm. So, I got some interesting factoids from The rap that okay. analyzed why this was a misfire.
1: Thank you. I'm just yeah. like, all this air is blowing straight on I me, and like I feel it. like, okay. yeah, this is why I'm all grumpy and shit over here. Okay. There's air on me. Freaking wow. air. Sorry, moving on. <laughs> no, you good,
0: you good, you good. good. Okay. Okay. So... Number one, Mm. number one is age. Apparently, the major drivers of the horror boom we've been seeing recently have been women under 25. Okay. Dr. Sleep's audience, 74% were over the age of 25, and they were mostly male. So So, because this movie is such an old property.
1: Right. Okay, doesn't yeah. really have that appeal. Yeah, and to be honest, Dr. Sleep won a Bram Stoker Award, I think, but I don't know how many copies it sold. I don't know how many people... I don't think people are as familiar with Dr. Sleep as they were with The Shining. And when it came out, I was really excited to read it, mm-hmm. even though I thought The Shining didn't need a sequel. I trusted my creepy literary uncle. However, um, most of the people I talked to at the time also didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I could see that actually. It doesn't have the same emotional pull as The Shining did,
0: and other properties which we'll get into really quick. Right. So number two, uh, there were, there was too much time between sequels.
1: That is true. It was like twenty twenty thirty years. years. Yeah, forty years. Well, forty years between the films, and like thirty something year between the books. So mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Number three, the release date was too late. This being a, a horror film, it's it wasn't released in October.
1: Right. They kind of, yeah, they released it in this weird pre-Oscar period, didn't right. they?
0: And to piggyback on that, the majority, because this, this was released by WB? Uh, I think so. Yeah. So the majority of WB's marketing campaign this season was focused on two movies. What are they? Joker. And?
1: Uh, Did they do Terminator? No. It Part 2. Oh, that's right. Oh, dang it. It, <laughs> just in the way. Yeah. Oh man.
0: So there was kind of a very short marketing campaign for this.
1: That's true. Yeah, I didn't know it was coming out at all. And mm-hmm. I'm really surprised it came over here. But yeah. Makes yeah. sense.
0: And number five, um, adaptations like It and Pet Cemetery are mm-hmm. easier to sell than Doctor Sleep. It you see the clown, you mm-hmm. see what it's doing, Pet Cemetery, you it's very easy to see what's going on. Right. Doctor Sleep is a more psychological, slow-burning film.
1: Much more. You have to think a lot more for Doctor Sleep, and you have to. There's a. It's the mythology is harder to k- to pick up on. Killer Clown easy. Killer Pets easy. Um, maybe you are your own worst enemy if you are gifted. Not so easy. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Um, did you see Pet Cemetery?
0: The new one. Yeah. New. No. Me neither. I, I heard g- some bad things. So. I.
1: You know, that's actually one of the Stephen King books I've never read. It never seen either of the movies. Oh, the old ones? Um, yeah, I've never seen, yeah, I've never read the book. I've never seen the old movie. I haven't seen the new one. I'm completely unfamiliar with it. I'm trying to figure, I want to, but I don't know which order to go at it in.
0: I, I watched the original first one. It it wasn't that great to me. Really? No. Well, I'll check it out. I, would, the book. I, wouldn't wa- I wouldn't waste your time.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Okay. I want to briefly go into sports because we have a lot to cover sure. um, with Watchmen and whatnot. Right, so, right. If you have not seen Dr. Sleep, turns off now, go watch it because if you're in Korea, it's almost out of theaters. That's right. Yeah, there's you've got so like many, two weeks. There's so many yeah. films out. Did you know that Joker's about to breach a billion dollars worldwide?
1: I'd heard that. Um, I don't know if it's the most deserving movie, but hey, the market wants what the market wants.
0: We gotta admit when we misread something, all the the protest around oh. the world, there's so many people wearing the Joker costume there. We that thought true. we thought, you know, they'd be shooting up the place.
1: Yeah, but there it's actually becoming a voice of revolution. Yeah, which I think that's because the Joker in the film, and ultimately what happened with the film of the Joker, is that as a symbol he's actually quite bland. You can use it; you can use him to apply it to anything. I think, so, I think the Joker yeah.
0: period, sure, but mm-hmm. in the movie itself, he mm-hmm. was definitely someone who was frustrated with the status quo. True. And wanted to rebel against it, and he True. inspired the folks to do it. True, but of course, not, I want to call it bland. Mm-hmm. But I think people, the status quo can be a, it's a very thing. amorphous thing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Status quo. So it's
1: very easy for people to just apply it to whatever the status quo is, which yeah. is why you're seeing this everywhere.
0: At, but I am happy that. Yeah, I'm it's happy. Being used it, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm, it's much better than the alternative. <laughs> yes,
0: but yeah, I think you know we have Maleficent out. We had a, a fan. Ask us if we're going to do a, M- a Maleficent review, and I know Marquita wants to do one. Yeah, but unfortunately, I, I'm not going to watch that movie, so I... I'll have to just listen to her if she wants to come in.
1: Yeah, come in. Marquita, we're calling you. She come said do she, this.
0: She said this month she's rather busy, so oh, fair maybe you can bring her in next month. All right, which, all right. And, and things change for her. Comment your love
1: for Marquita. Yes, please. Guilt her into it. Yes, do shower. A maleficent her, of love. Because actually, I haven't seen either of those movies either.
0: Yeah. Okay. Spoilers again. Turn this off if you haven't seen Dr. Sleep. Three, two, one. Did you know that there's a cameo by the original Danny Torrance, Danny Lloyd, at the baseball game? Is there? He's a spectator. Okay. I was, is he one of the speaking roles? No. Um, I'm not sure. But oh, I, wow. I read about that. So oh, I kind of want to go back and watch it.
1: Yeah, me too. I definitely want to see it again. Yeah. Isn't it
0: crazy how Jack Nicholson played Jack Torrance and Danny Lloyd played Danny Torrance?
1: Isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if Kubrick did that on purpose because hmm. he seemed to have done a lot of things on purpose. You know, the reason that, um, what's her name, Shelley Duvall was just a scream scream machine, as Stephen King put it in um, in the original movie, is because he literally did terrorize her the whole time. Actually, the sto- that's one of the reasons I'm not so crazy about that movie. Kubrick did some pretty horrible things specifically to her to get the performance he wanted out of her. And it just borders on the creepy and misogynistic. Mm. If, if this was the, if he had if he was still around during the Me Too era, he'd be catching all kinds of hell. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did some really awful things to her to get that performance. So when she's upset and screaming and like near tears and just breaking down, a lot of that's actually really close to real. Oh. She was just in horrible condition, and she never wanted to work with him again. And she said a lot of really pointed things about how horrible that experience was for her. So that's part of the reason I didn't love that film. Mm. But I think he might have done that on purpose. He had a thing for trying to pull in bits of verisimilitude for from weird, from weird places, from what I understand. So maybe that's that.
0: It's that it was that era, right? Where yeah. Really, Scott was in in the famous chest burster scene.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Okay. So I I really want to talk about only a couple things, just how crazy they did that boy.
1: Ooh, that was, yeah.
0: As a teacher, it was hard to stomach.
1: I mean, as a human being who once was a child, I mean, my God, that's like such an adult fear and kid fear at the same time, getting kidnapped and cut up. I mean, that's, yeah. Are you going to hurt me? Yes. Exactly. I'm Woo. like, oh, man. and it, it, But it, it's good because it brings the scare home. Because yeah. up to that point, you're like, you don't really see the true not do anything. And you're like, oh, they're scary. It's not going to be that bad. And then they really go for it. I, I don't know. If I had a kid and they were a child actor, they would not have been in this movie. I don't know how that kid did that scene. That was really rough.
0: And he's unaccredited, too.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know his name. Yeah, he's not. Yeah.
0: but mm-hmm. But props to baseball kid. Yeah. I hope he winds up somewhere and we can l- look back at this yeah, as a starting point. Yeah, because he's
1: got some talent. He scared the living daylights out of me. Mm.
0: Goodness. How do you feel about the movie's ending compared to the book?
1: Um, Okay, so the movie's ending was not, well, in the movie's ending, uh, Danny dies. Mm. In the book's ending, he lives right. and he kind of goes on to continue to mentor uh, Abra. Right. And they have a great life after all. But I think they felt like they needed to do it because there isn't really a sense of closure at the end of the book from what I understand. Another big difference, just to mention this before I forget, between the book and the movie is that in the movie, Danny doesn't really do much with The Shining. It's sort of like, it's almost like he drank it all away. Like he doesn't, he's very weak mentally. Mm -hmm. In the book, he still has a really strong shine. But he's, because he's older, it's not as strong. And actually, uh, what's her name? Rose the Hat mentions it in their final fight in the movie. that Being an adult corrupts it some kind of Mm -hmm. way. And that's true, but, the pro- but he's an adult and he's, he's much more experienced and he's smarter. So Albro's pure power and Danny is sneaky. And that last fight in the book is really like, it's scary how good they are and how well, how ruthless they are. Okay. Um, part of it also is that, so speaking again of the end of the book and the movie, in the the Overlook Hotel burns down at the end of, of The Shining. It doesn't right. exist anymore. Right. Whereas in the movie, it's just sort of still there, just shut down. Mm -hmm. The True Nut in the book have built their campsite on the old side of the overlook. Right. They can do that because it still has all that evil, but also because Danny's locked up all the ghosts in his head. So they're not there to kill them all. Right. So they've got all this great, like, kind of ambient evil shine that they can draw from.
0: I just want to be clear. In Mm -hmm. the Shining movie, did they ever express that they wanted to really eat the boy or, like, take take his power? Because it it felt kind of... I don't think they did. Not explicit. I mean, I know that bartender or mm-hmm. someone told Jack to bring us the boy. Yeah. But they never really explicitly They specifically
1: want to kill him because they're attracted to his shine, but they don't really mention that they want to eat him right. in the book or in the movie, I don't think. The concept in this Doctor Sleep because it was written so much later, mm-hmm. it's they he really does something completely different in Doctor Sleep than he does in The Shining Stephen King does. Mm-hmm. The concept's really matured in a lot of ways, and the writing has too. So whereas The Shining's pretty ruthless, it's written like basically a guy at the end of a drug and alcohol binge, which is I think what actually happened when he wrote that book, sure. who's just telling this really rough, brutal story. But then when you look at Dr. Sleep, it's much more conversational, it's much more adult, it's much more mature. There's, much, there's many more shades of gray, and as a result, the way that he talks about powers like The shine has also matured and has a lot more nuance to it. Can I talk about really quickly why I hated Doctor Sleep so much? Why I, what what watching the film made me figure out about why I don't like Doctor Sleep? Sure. Really quickly. So, like I said, I read Doctor Sleep, hated it. Intentionally forgot it. Hated gave it. the book away. Yeah, hated it. All those snaps, everything. I was just furious with Doc with Stephen King for writing such a horrible follow-up to The Shining, which is a great book and a scary one. And it it's because of the character of Danny, because, as you said, now we can talk about it in spoilers. Um, Danny is the hero essentially of the first book. He's a little boy. he's extraordinarily gifted and sensitive. He's in a horribly abusive family, who you have some sympathy for his parents, but it still it still is what it is. He gets he's in a horrible situation, but he's gifted, and that helps him. That both makes him vulnerable to harm, but it also is what gets him out of it. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes to see that kind of story, and then have to catch up with that character twenty years later and find out that they're the problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he did some fucked up shit. Some
1: really mad. He's an alcoholic. He does some horrible things, and he knows that he's done some horrible things. Cause, right, when he yeah. like
0: let that momo die. Yeah. And just put the baby. And just down, left
1: the kid there with and her. And he
0: died too.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah,
0: I was like, "You're gonna have to die in this movie. Like, yeah, there's no, there's exactly. no redeeming you right. now."
1: And that happens in the book, and he doesn't die, which again I think is one of the things they tried to fix at the mm, end, like yeah. make him atone for some of his sins. Yeah, but Danny's a horrible person, and it's he stays a horrible person. The only thing that keeps him from becoming more horrible is that he sees in that final fight and in some of the confrontations that he and Abra have with the True Nut, he sees her becoming almost as horrible because she's ruthless like she's way more powerful than he is and she's she's upset enough by baseball boy and every all of the things she knows that the true nut are doing and she's also still a kid so she doesn't have a limit on the level of violence she's willing to commit to yeah and he sees that and that's what checks him ultimately huh. in the book
0: speaking the of which th- let's talk about that <clears throat> yes speaking of which let's talk about the scene where abra traps rose in mm-hmm. her house,
1: yeah, and the hand, gorgeous. Yo. What a what a I mean, just, <laughs> yes.
0: As soon as Rose meditates and lifts off the ground, mm-hmm. just beautifully gliding across the earth, and then she just glides mm-hmm. through the clouds into her house. Right. I mean, it was just so it was so beautifully shot. Like right. I would I would go back to the theater just to watch that scene.
1: It was really well visualized. So much imagination yes. and really well realized. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And she's and she thought she had her, mm-hmm. and then trapped. And -hmm. then she made her, as you said, the hand. She degloves
1: her own hand. That was gross. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, Abra is ruthless, but she's more more ruthless than Mm -hmm. that in the the book. book. And it's a little scary, actually. And I think that's why I didn't like the book. Because it shows very clearly that if you are a very gifted, sensitive, vulnerable child in a bad situation and you manage to get out of it by your own cleverness or your own skill set, me- big metaphor. Nobody really has to shine. You know what I mean, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you are actually more vulnerable to becoming part of the problem in the future, not mm. less. Hurt people hurt people. And sometimes you don't know your own bad wiring. It's very un- difficult to undo that in yourself. Yeah. And Dr. Sleep is a very good illustration of that. And that's a very adult fear. And that is hard to confront. So, okay. yeah. I feel that. <laughs> so that was why I hated the book so much. And watching the film helped me unknot that perspective i still don't like it anymore but i'm more open to exploring that and understanding it a little bit more so i might read the book again and see if i see it differently now okay but yeah that was that was a lot it really got me in my feelings i was like how did you escape the alcoholic ghosts of doom and hell and now you're letting a baby die are you kidding me man yeah how did you become this person but i mean not everybody not everybody wins not everybody is the hero of their own story
0: yeah before going to Watchmen, I want to talk about a big change in the movie and the book. Was mm-hmm. in the in the book, apparently, Danny lets out the ghost to kill a lot of the True Knot members. Yes. where in the movie they had a nice like Last Jedi projection mm-hmm. trap for the True Knot.
1: Yeah, that happens in the book too, but they don't kill them all that way. So the True Knot in the book are hang are their campground is at where the Overlook right. Hotel was, and most of them are hanging out there with Rose waiting. While some of them go to pick up Abra. And that is when uh, Danny and Billy and then their other friend who they show in the film, but he's not a, he doesn't have a very big part. They're, the guy who loses his watch. He's also one of their... Bruce Green. Yeah. He's one of their AA, one of their Alcoholics awesome, Anonymous yeah. friends. Uh, the three of them go together and do that like sniper thing and... Take out half the true knot. There's a lot more of them in the book too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Take out half the true knot and freak everybody out, and then they then they drive up to the campsite, and that's when he starts setting out the ghost. There's a lot. I mean, that last fight in the book is really something because it's so much. The book is so slow and builds up so much. There's so much other stuff going on, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get to this last fight, and you're like, you're, they're at the Overlook Hotel, and when I tell you it is ruthless, the things they do, because again, it's very much Obi Wan and Anakin. Right. Abra's all all raw power and Danny is all tricks and experience. And he's, you know, kind of giving her hints like, OK, try this. And she does it. And it, I mean, it's, just, it's awesome. It's, it's really well written. You see a little bit of that in the film, though, in that scene where he kind of takes over her body yeah. and uses her shine because he knows how. Right. Uh, in the. Yeah. So he does that a couple times in the book, too. Mm-hmm. OK.
0: Yeah. Or like the, the Charles to her gene.
1: Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. That's actually a much more apt comparison because mm-hmm. she's dangerous yeah she doesn't know it but she when she starts to figure it out that's when he gets himself together
0: he's like oh shit yeah he's like wait
1: a minute I can't unleash this upon the world
0: okay anyway no you're good mm-hmm. uh, I don't want us to run too short on time so mm-hmm. let's quickly go on to Watchmen yes so we're gonna talk about episode three and four I just I want to continue with I know we've, we've talked about two episodes so far mm-hmm. I just love how the opening start off with something innocent, or are you just thinking they're going to focus on that? And then it just spirals out into this what the hell is going on? So, episode three, you hear, you see a woman talking to Dr. Manhattan on Mars, or, you know, they're not really talking, but she's sending a message. And I'm like, Is that the old Silk Spectre? Mm-hmm. I think Miss Jupiter was her mother.
1: Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, and then it spans out to this bank robbery. And you're like, she's a bad guy now? And then it's, <laughs> oh shit, this vigilante jumps through the window talking like Christian Bales, Batman. And then you realize she's a fed. She, mm-hmm. she is a bad guy.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it really has a lot of levels, this show.
0: Then she, she used to perp. Did you know that his armor was going to be bulletproof? She just walks off. Yeah. He's alive. Um, so that scene right there is just, I love how every show starts off that way. They're all, like, these small little, like, anthology-like mm-hmm. vignettes, Just little glimpses you know? into yeah. an individual
1: character that then set the stage for that character to make a grand entrance into the show.
0: Yeah. I think episode three was one, one of the best episodes so far. Like, probably second to the first, if not the best so, so far to me.
1: I will say this. It's keeping me guessing. I have no idea where this is going. And every, t- every episode, it goes somewhere else that I'm not expecting.
0: Yeah. Uh, we, see, we see the senator... Mm-hmm. He's trying to make a deal with her. We realized that the Owl Man is in jail. Yep. Mm-hmm. Owl, have you? Did you notice how there were a number of frames where they had Silk Spectre showing her to be a hero? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know or didn't catch it, there was a frame of her in the poster talking mm-hmm. to the senator. um She walks up to a gate and has like these holes in her her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. um There's just there's so much going on visually and mm-hmm. the dialogue. Uh, it's just it's a great show.
1: Yeah, and her. Her character is in such a gray area. She's not likable at all. Now, to be fair, she wasn't necessarily likable in the comic book either. But she was a heroine, or trying to be. Yeah. I think I find it interesting. She's so defined by men in both the the comic and in this, because in the comic it was very much the men who she was with who are moderating her personality, Mm -hmm. and in this she spends her entire, most of her appearances in the in the first episode that she's in, episode three. Talking to Dr. Manhattan, who is off on Mars and could care less.
0: But also shows, yeah. but mm-hmm. she's also acting so independently herself. You know, they were like, mm-hmm. they had a whole room of feds. Like, right. everyone wheels up in two hours. She's like, right. I'll go alone.
1: Yeah, totally. She's compl- but that's always been her personality. But it's, but in the comic, she was always being moderated by whoever she, whatever male hero she was attached to. Okay. That was always kind of the, the foil for her personality. It was always what kept her kind of under control in a sense, kept her not docile she was never that but you know just kept her a little bit less full-on okay and then in this she's very full-on but she's seeking that moderation again i felt like and i mean that whole big blue dildo at the end i mean come on
0: i know is she likable i like her like she's she's really sharp Mm -hmm. um she knows everyone's identity like she's one step ahead of everyone Mm -hmm. like her conversation with angela and her husband was great
1: right when I say likable, I think I'm talking more in terms of within the universe. Nobody okay. wants her around. Right. Even the guy, even her her lackey who she winds up sleeping with, who's not a lackey, he does that's actually a really interesting scene there where he's like, I actually have a PhD in history. Right. I know who you are, knock it off with the condescending shit. But, you know, he's still very much her lackey. But I'm still gonna
0: wear the R. Kelly Zorro mask <laughs> yeah, precisely. In, in, in the bed.
1: Which is creepy because her dad was the comedian, if you remember, and that right. was his mask. Ooh. Yeah, that's very creepy. Ooh, no. Yeah, I didn't enjoy that at all. I was like, ooh, no, no, no.
0: I mean, everyone has. I mean, she has a overly large yeah. Doctor Manhattan dildo, and yeah. he has a mask. I mean, yeah, they, I have, mean, they have their kinks.
1: Everybody does. Yeah.
0: No kink blurred up does not kink shame. Not at all. Yeah. Do you think the senator planned that kidnapping to raise his political status? Because that's that's where I'm leaning towards right now.
1: Probably. I'm waiting to see more of him. I. They're they're kinda using him as, I don't know, a cat's paw at the moment, I think. There's
0: every What is cat paw I'm, I'm uh, done. well, I guess
1: it just means that, you know, he's um I don't even know if I'm using it correctly. Basically they're using him to kind of make you think things are going on. I don't think that the one thing about this show is it's very unpredictable. Mm. Another thing about this show is that they've introduced a new character, a new main character in every single episode so far. I don't know if the senator's going to wind up being that important as anything but a but a foil for something else. Okay. But I could be wrong. I, like I said, every single episode has gone somewhere I did not expect at all. So.
0: I thought it was uh, at the funeral. I thought it was crazy that Sister Knight was the only person who took care of, of the shooter. Like once she got... But it's also, it's kind of like the women are definitely in charge in this episode.
1: Very much so. And in the show in general. Yeah. I mean, we've seen way more of Sister Knight and... Silk Spectre, Lori Juspesic, or whatever her name is. Um, we've seen way more of them than we have of anybody else. Everybody it, else very much defers to them.
0: And Even when, when the chief, quote-unquote, was alive, mm-hmm. he deferred to her a lot. Um, and then there's Vite always doing crazy shit.
1: That is so weird. Like, I really hope there's a big payoff for whatever it is they're doing with him. It
0: is. And I want to go to episode four in a second, but... You know, he's he's always doing crazy shit. He frees he froze his clone and then this game warden like who is this guy okay.
1: I think he's on Mars being held prisoner by Dr. Manhattan. And Dr. Manhattan has created this artificial environment for him, which is, and that's why he's creating like weird, like spacesuits for his male, for the clones, whatever their name is, Miss, Miss Crookshanks, and what's the other Mr. one, Phillips. Mr. Yeah, he's creating these weird spacesuits space suits for Mr. Phillips and launching the dead bodies off on a catapult and whatnot because he's in space and he's trying to escape whatever prison he's in, I think.
0: No, so I wanted to get there in episode four because... Oh, sorry. Because you know, it's okay. So maybe we can go there. When he catapults people into the sky, there's a kind of a, a spot where they disappear from view. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they just get smaller; They just cut out. Mm-hmm. So he said he originally found where he was put in to be a paradise, but now it's a prison.
1: Which, again, I think it would stay true to the character for him to want to be isolated only to discover he didn't actually want to be isolated.
0: I don't think it's... Manhattan, though, because Ma- Manhattan doesn't even care about human race. Why would he care about Vite who...
1: Well, yeah, who, you're right. He doesn't care. But I'm trying to think the only person who'd have the power to do that would be Manhattan. He's the only person with real superpowers in the universe.
0: It also could be the lady who looks up to him, uh, Lady True.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because
0: she's a trillionaire. Yeah. Um, but and why she looks, would And she, she looks up it? to him. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. he had reached a certain level in his age and he mm. wanted help from her. Okay. Or you want to help, or she said, I can do this for you if you do this for me. Mm. Also, we also have, there's still squid raining from the sky from some weird place. It's Mm. possible that he's in a different dimension entirely. Oh,
1: that's a good point, actually. Yeah, that's possible, too. Yeah. Because there is interdimensional activity. Right. There's a great line in episode four. Did you catch that? Where Looking Glass, when she goes into his lair to get him to go ask his ex. I have no idea who that is, but I'm looking forward to seeing who. Yeah. Ask his ex to... uh, to analyze some sample
0: his uh the red pills
1: yeah exactly and which again interesting symbolism there red pills Hmm, okay right um but she asks she's explaining to him that the chief was a racist she says did you know he was a racist and his response is he was a white man in oklahoma did you catch that yeah that was, that was a really great line. Like, that gave me some chills. The way, just the way he gave it to her so blandly. Just, yeah. Okay, wow. We're going here with this show. Yeah. Well done.
0: <laughs> and I think it, at the same time, it's kind of weird that she, I don't know where he's from.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, he has a southern accent. Yeah. So for me, it's like, why would you so casually bring this up to him? Like, what if he was one of them?
1: Well, yeah, but you get the sense. But again, this is something where they're doing a really good bit of characterization because you get the sense that there's a really deep relationship between the two of them. Right. What, you don't know. But mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like he was around when everybody was getting shot. Mm. But there's some kind of connection between the two of them. That, to me, was a character-establishing sure. moment, I, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I can, mm-hmm. I can see that Yeah. Mm-hmm. for
0: sure. So let's rewind back to the beginning of episode four. because oh, again
1: No, no, you're good. <laughs> I'm way ahead here. Sorry. No, you're good. Let's uh-huh. go back
0: because I want to again that kind of that opening, mm-hmm. an introduction to who Lady True is. Who mm-hmm. is this new character being introduced? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be a bigger part of the show? Mm-hmm. We have this cute montage about a farmer couple totally divorced from this lady, and then after what ten years, she just pops up at the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want your house mm-hmm. and like all the fifty acres. You have three minutes to decide. Mm-hmm. I'm here to offer you a child, not money. Mm. No, we don't want your a child. Get out. Get out. Oh, I'm sorry. You misunderstood. I'm not going to make you a baby. I already did. And you're like, what? I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's so many.
1: Yeah, yeah. What is technology doing in this universe? It's so hard to keep tabs on that because there's so many things that exist and don't exist. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Then that UFO comes out the sky. Yeah. And you're like, what is that? That is mine. Mm-hmm. And you're just like what? What is happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of technology, I thought there was really clever, really clever writing with the ancestry. Mm-hmm. How you, they encode your acorn, mm-hmm. and it and when you plant it, it literally makes a family tree mm-hmm. at the um, at the museum. Yeah. I thought it was really really that was really
1: cute. Yeah. yeah. But is that public all the time? I would feel really awkward if you're just going to the museum one day and you're like, oh, I have an acorn. And you go in there and you turn out to like your whole family is on display. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's interesting that that kind of technology exists. Mm -hmm. And then you still have Silk Spectre dialing on that basic phone. Right. Right. Because there are no smartphones. in this. Yeah, there are are no smartphones. The Internet doesn't exist. Right. Exactly.
1: And there's a couple other things that are. Yeah, it's so hard to kind of keep your keep tabs on that. But they keep you guessing with it, don't they?
0: Can I tell you my favorite part of this episode? Please. When Sister Knight chased down that silver costume guy.
1: Yeah, what was that about?
0: And, you know, you know he like sprays the KY on himself and mm-hmm. just slips to the sword. And you're like, yo. Yeah. My favorite part, though, mm-hmm. was Regina King just doing the blackest shit <laughs> after that. That reaction was just like,
1: the fuck? <laughs> right. <laughs> and she's got such a rough voice. It's yes. really funny the way she yes. does it. Yes. yes.
0: Shout out to Regina King. Mm-hmm. Just... My favorite part. Right, I yeah. love that part. Right.
1: Anytime she gets even a little bit gruff, it's like, whoa, okay, serious. Yeah, I. Th- this show really does keep you guessing. It does a great job of showing you how insane the concept of superheroes truly is, though, because none of these people have superpowers. They're all just doing crazy shit, like lubing themselves up and jumping into the sewer. What on earth? Sliding into so the sewers. So weird, yeah. I mean, like, you
0: could have really messed yourself up.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Like, it just goes to show, you know, adrenaline is a hell of a drug. But yeah,
0: yeah. So you were talking about things coming together and paying off, mm-hmm. and we're starting to see that now with mm-hmm. Lady True connecting Sister Knight and Adrian Veidt now. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking. Now we also she's also friends with the grandfather. When, mm-hmm. when she spoke in Vietnamese to mm-hmm. to her, she was yeah. like, "Your grandfather wants to know if you have the pills," and you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh uh-huh. wow!" And right. then she's like, "You tell that fucker.
1: Mm-hmm. He can get the. Tell t- t- tell me out. himself."
0: Mm-hmm yeah interesting, interesting thing I want to talk about too is when they when she had a statue of Vite, they mm-hmm. didn't show his face and they said why don't you show him younger mm-hmm. but they didn't show him at all so someone said before that maybe Veit got plastic surgery on himself mm-hmm. to, to like fake his death so you're you're wondering like is this, is this really Veit anyway
1: yeah who knows
0: so there's just so much yeah. things to keep, keep you guessing it's
1: full of open ends how many episodes are in this season I have no idea. I think it's 10. I don't know. I can't remember. But either way, we're, ha- we're four episodes in and I still have no idea where this is going. No idea. Which again is great. But they, I'm just going to say this and I say it every week and I mean this shit. They better not lost me. They better not do like they did, do me like they did me with Lost. I don't want to be hurt again. Make sure that this has a resolution point. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Fight. Right. <laughs> right. Hopefully, yeah. Because I've got to do something with him. These his little but, vignettes are getting weirder and weirder. Like he's he fishing, fishing for babies for, now. For fetuses. Yes, exactly.
0: He fished for them weird. And, and grows. I like how he was picking one out and just threw it back in the lake like it was a fish. Yeah. Like oh, was, so, oh, was like, so what the
1: apparently f- this whole lake is just full of swimming fetuses. Where is he? What is going
0: on? What's this it? is so weird. I pretty much quote Re- Regina King. I was like, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He grows two new servants, brings them into a slaughter at his mansion, yeah. and then just starts catapulting dead bodies into the sky. Yeah,
1: because apparently he just went crazy and killed everybody in the mansion.
0: Yeah, and then of course we learned that the grandfather mm-hmm. he can walk.
1: Yeah, well, we kind of knew that though, because he was clearly able to walk before he was doing stuff in her little in the back of her shop.
0: That's true. And then when she
1: came back, he was sitting down. You just didn't see him, so there was did some there was some gray area. Did somebody else come in and help him, or did he mm-hmm. do it himself?
0: My feet are just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, you know. Lucasa
1: Jr. It's nice seeing him in something. Yeah.
0: They got three days. Mm-hmm. She'll know I betrayed her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is that? Yeah. In
0: three days, she'll know what I've done. Yeah. She'll hate me for it.
1: Right, which makes me wonder, what did he do? Yeah. Also, is he some kind of... You You really don't know anything about who he is still. You get some ideas. Like, they're mm-hmm. giving you all these, like, family tree reminders, but... And then notice that the um. The other side of the watch over this boy notice is the German letter. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where that's going either. It's burned up now. Yeah, exactly, which made me a little sad. Mm -hmm, Um, But, you know, there's a lot of really interesting stuff here. It just better end somewhere good. That's all I'm saying. Well, I wonder Mm -hmm. if
0: the red pills are what he said that I can can do all. He said to her at the beginning, I can lift this amount of weight, etc. Are these pills... It's kind of like, you know, the, the, the Incredibles. You know, he was manufacturing technology to make mm-hmm. everyone super. Mm-hmm. Is Kate true, perhaps? Or Vite was on the verge of kind of making pills or technology, biomedical things to enhance people.
1: That's Is, a it, really good idea. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. We, we shall, shall see. see. Oh, Jinx. wow. Jinx.
0: <laughs> what's, what's Jinx in Korean? It's like Jiji Bong. I don't know. Korean fans, let us know in, in the comments. Yeah,
1: because we have no idea. We just live here. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, there's not a lot of time left. Just really briefly, you did see Rick and Morty or Mm-mm. The Mandalorian. Mm-mm. I was sick, so mm-hmm. I actually had some time to watch The Mandalorian. Okay. Uh, but Rick and Morty uh, is still funny. I mean, you've seen the other seasons, Of course, right? yeah. It's like there's so much violence. And now that we've seen Rick and Morty die in, so, in some crazy ways. right? Still seeing it is still... Jaw dropping when when you don't expect it.
1: Really? Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, this This episode was based off of uh, the Tom Cruise movie, The Edge of Tomorrow. Oh no! How he... That was actually a really good movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. A I'm movie. not a
1: Tom Cruise fan at all. I tend to avoid him, but that was a good film.
0: It's kind of like this Doctor Sleep, where it was really good. Yeah. But I guess everyone was kind of turned off to it mm-hmm. by because, marketing or whatever, yeah. etc. they're like, you know, yeah. Tom Cruise at the time. Yeah. But anyway, it was kind of this kind of theme mm-hmm. of Rick constantly dying. Oh, and no. uh, but it was, it was okay. Don't tell was, me anymore, don't I'm spoil sorry. it. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. good though. Uh, The Mandalorian, there's a spoiler in there too. I don't really want to go into it right now because I'll watch it. Yeah, uh, the second episode. Okay, it's the problem with The Mandalorian right now is it's a Western. I don't like Westerns,
1: <laughs>
0: okay. And you know, when you when you're introduced to Star Wars, like A New Hope, mm-hmm. you're introduced to someone likable Luke Skywalker, right? Leia, right. Obi Wan right. and Han. Mm-hmm. You like these people? Yeah. Whereas literally, this movie starts off with like a of Fett character. And he, he, he doesn't talk very much. Mm-hmm. And when he does it, very short mm-hmm. and very get in. Hmm. Sit down. Like, it's very short.
1: We have this love affair with anti heroes, though, now. So maybe they're trying to play off that.
0: I mean, but there's no. Well, I'll say that the ending makes things a little more ambiguous, but. Mm-hmm. Until it got to that point, it mm-hmm. was just I'm following around this silent killer person hmm. and I don't like him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't hate him, mm-hmm. but I just I'm just following it because it's Star Wars and I'm mm-hmm. supposed to, you know, hmm. do this. Yeah. So they kind of had like a it was kind of hard to really care about him. And even still, I'm kind of like, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah. But right now, I mean, I was watching, uh, you know, Screen Junkies. I, I watched them a bit and they said, you know, Oftentimes, pilots aren't as good as the later episodes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they, they, they are really great. True. Like the Washington pilot or the first episode was really, really good. Really good. It really grabbed you. But some take time to build. Mm-hmm. This one, it could have that potential. But as of right now, I thought it was I, Okay. But building up into, oh, speaking of which. Uh-oh. We may talk about this going, or before the new Star Wars film. But apparently, JJ Abrams said he leaned into the Last Jedi when making Episode Nine, oh. in the sense that he said that he played it too safe with Episode Seven, and then kind of being inspired by Ryan Johnson, he wanted to try to swing for the fences on this movie. So we'll see. We'll we'll see what that means. If
1: my facial expression was a word, what would you think it is?
0: Not impressed. Yeah,
1: completely unimpressed. I'm not. That does not give me joy at all. No, I'm
0: not. I. That's lessened my. I mean, I had no, no expectations in it already.
1: Yeah. Now they're rock bottom. Yeah. So it's gonna be lens flare nonsense, really. Come on now. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, The Mandalorian. I will probably watch it at some point, but I'm not gonna jump on it really because there are too many streaming services, and you know what? I am not gonna buy another service just to watch more Star Wars. I love Star Wars. But I'm a bootleg it at the end of the season because I'm not interested in getting another service. But
0: Star Wars and Marvel and the X Men animated series. I'm
1: still not interested in getting <laughs> another <laughs> service. <laughs> I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah, That's, that series Plus, is amazing. If mm-hmm. Disney
0: Plus came over to Korea, mm-hmm. I would probably cop it.
1: The thing is, What's how thing? when when does it end? Right, there's Disney Plus, there's there's Netflix, there's HBO, there's mm. Showtime, there's all Hulu. these different Hulu, there's all these different streaming services I, now. You're
0: totally right. You're totally. The right. whole
1: point was to be able to not have to have an $80 cable bill every month and now there's all these different services and they're also proprietary I and also for me like they just made that announcement now where they're saying that you have to watch the Marvel shows in order to make sense of future Marvel movies I'm tapping out I'm not interested it was Mm. fun while it lasted Mm. but this is too much content, and it's not all. And there's no promise that it's all going to be wonderful, and it requires subscribing to a, to yet another service and remembering yet another password and paying yet another bill for stuff that I'm going to watch maybe ten percent of when I have time, and the rest of it I don't care about. For me, what's the point? I mean, I, I know I sound like an old lady yelling no, at the sky, no, I, but I, I
0: just don't want to do it. No, I think a lot of people share your concerns. I I don't know if Marvel said that you have to. They said that they'll be integrated, but um, it may be like. If Scarlet Witch shows up in Doctor Strange, which she will, mm-hmm. it's going to be after that WandaVision show. Sure, and so it may not, mm, it may not be crucial. It's like mm-hmm. Captain Marvel. Um, yeah. you know, Captain Marvel shows up in Endgame. Yeah, and you're like, who's this lady? Mm-hmm. It would be beneficial to watch a movie, but you movie. don't have to. Yeah, get I, the idea. Of I, who I she feel is. like they're gonna play it mm-hmm. in that way, yeah. because it is a gamble. Yeah, it really true. is a gamble. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. And, of course, yeah. every time Marvel Studios has, like, Iron Man wasn't, like, when they made Iron Man, it wasn't like, we're going to make a universe mm-hmm. right now. It was, let's mm-hmm. see how this works. Right. So maybe, maybe the and first.
1: I miss those days. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe the first show or two. Mm-hmm will be a pilot of seeing where the interest is mm-hmm. and quality. Yeah. And you know, maybe they'll they'll hit their stride Who in knows? a year or two. Yeah.
1: Maybe. I guess for me, I really miss just... I, I liked being a part of the Marvel Universe when it was mm-hmm. developing into a thing and kind of growing with it and seeing how we can do a gigantic cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Now we've established that we can. Now what? Mm-hmm. You're just going to continue to bloat the universe to the point where nobody's going to know everything that's going on now I get it. They're kind of basically doing a cinematic version of comic books. But for me, I just prefer to go back to reading comic books again rather than watching lots and lots and lots of shows.
0: Mm. For Brendan mm-hmm. and Marvel We Trust, so far, <laughs> they haven't failed me. Fair enough. I mean, Thor 2 came close.
1: Wait, no. Oh, Iron Fist. They have.
0: But was it really on them.
1: Uh, okay. Mm, I'll give you that. You know,
0: mm-hmm. Captain Marvel was watchable yeah but it, it bordered like yeah, it was, they've, they, yeah. they've had some borderline clunkers, but mm-hmm. yeah Guardians 2 sorry folks Guardians 2 wasn't was wasn't that great for me anyway guys we are over time we are let me tap out this concludes the latest episode of Blurred Up please let us know how you feel about Doctor Sleep mm-hmm. uh, Watchmen Mandalorian and Rick and Morty
1: yes Talk to us in the comments, y'all. We like talking back.
0: Comments. Give us a review.
1: Yeah, give us a review. It gives us ideas of what we should talk about in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, um, because there is way more TV than time these days. So what do you want to see us review? Because we kind of have very different interests. So, yeah, yeah, let us know.
0: Again, we're on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We're on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. And we're on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. Check us out on Blurred.com. Great site full of nerdy content from a black cultural lens. Mm -hmm. Thank you all very much. Peace out. Peace.